Hello and welcome back. Coach Mary and Coach Kristen Crafts here today. Uh, we are so excited that we have a special guest with us today, Miss and the one and only Shannon Collins from The Gym Nurse. We are extremely excited. But in case you are new to us, we are The Habit Team. The Habit is a nutrition coaching company made for women by women. Our program is built for you with coaches who put your goals, lifestyle, and personality first. If you want to learn more about us, head to the episode notes or go to thehabit.com to request more info. So welcome, Shannon. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me, ladies. I'm glad to be here. Yes, we are so excited. So I wanted to ask you on because I truly believe that you have inspired so many women to change the trajectory, is that how you say it, of their nutrition mm. path. And I am just so proud to know you as a person and as a friend. And um, I think that you have just done some amazing things for the Instagram platform um, and for women in general, because um, there certainly aren't enough women like you that are on this platform. And so we are definitely blessed to have you. Um, but I did want to start off by just knowing you outside of what we see on Instagram, obviously uh, weight loss and all of those things that are a big part of your platform. But tell us a little bit about yourself outside of that, because obviously that's not the bulk of your life. So I'd love to know more about you as Shannon, not the gym nurse. Uh, well, thank you so much, Mary, for having me on, and I'm so glad to talk with you guys in person and hear your voices <laughs> live. Um, so I am 43 years old. I have been married for 16 years now. We have two daughters, two teen daughters. Um, that in itself has been <laughs> a journey, as you understand, too. Um I have been a nurse for 21 years, and um, the last few years, this nutrition aspect of my life has kind of taken over things, and I dove more into coaching and just learning all of the things, and now have kind of transitioned my career to helping women and diving fully into that. I still do nursing on the side, but it's just not as often. It's not something I'm willing to give up right now. My heart is in that, um, doing oncology nursing the whole time. So, um, yeah, I live in, I live in Indiana. <laughs> it's hot. It's the summer. It's, you know, I bet you love the hot. I always hear you. I know you love, you love yes. like, well, I think you love like more hot than you do cold. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. I love being outside. So we're good. Never yeah. complained about the heat from me. Yeah, I totally understand that. Were you so I was a nurse for 10 years. Um, so I was curious to hear more about your transition from nursing to macro coach social media. Were you PRN before you started doing macro coaching? Or did you go PRN once you got into all of that? Yeah, so after I had my youngest daughter, I went to part-time. So that was like the 24 hours a week or whatever. Um, I, kind of around the same timeline, I switched from the inpatient world to outpatient, so more of like a normal 8 to 5 schedule, no weekends, no holidays. Um, and when I started everything, my journey... Uh, 
coaching. I was still doing that. So 24 hours a week. Um, I did that for probably at least a year um, where it just, all of this started to kind of take over and it became obvious that it was becoming a huge time commitment, the whole nutrition coaching aspect. Um, it all came to be just from my own transition, my own transformation, I should say. Um, I had no like intent to be a coach. I transformed myself over, <laughs> over years and just was posting my journey on Instagram just for like, uh, you know, friends, family, whatever. And other people, strangers started to take notice and started asking about coaching. And I started to feel compelled that like, maybe I should be helping other people with this as well and sharing, you know, what I know and getting more invested in the process. So, um, you know, just along the way, it became obvious that nursing kind of needed to fade out a little bit. But I, like I said, I didn't, I'm not willing to let that go at 100% right now. So probably the last, I don't know if it's been two or three years now, I've been PRN. So I just work, um, I have to do like a minimum 24 hours in six weeks. So it's not, you know... It's not a ton, but it is still kind of um, hard to manage at times. I'm still trying to find that, like, you know, work-life balance with all of it. Mm -hmm. It's hard when you're working from home because it's hard to flip that switch, and I totally get that. When I started doing this, like, it was being a stay-at-home mom and then starting this, that was like, it's like, how do you flip the yes. switch? And you have to learn to set boundaries for yourself. And Kristen and I talk about this a lot is learning how to set those boundaries. Even with this, we talk about that with our clients too, setting boundaries for yourself and your weight loss journey. And it's like, I'm still learning how to set a work-life balance too, yes. um, it, but it takes time. So yeah, but that's awesome that you haven't given it up. And I think a lot of people uh, love that about you too, that you haven't given mm -hmm. that up. And I think that that's great. Um, but I'm really curious, um, as you're growing up, because I know a lot of times the dieting history that we are taught as children carry over to us as adults. And so I'm really curious about um, was food talked a lot, um, in your household growing up? Um, what about your friends and things like that? What was the diet culture like as you were growing up and what was taught to you as a kid, if anything at all, when you were growing up that maybe has led to where you were before you started your weight loss journey? Yeah, I've, I've come to realize that I think I was very lucky with my upbringing in that aspect. Um, being that I came, you know, I grew up with two parents who were married my entire childhood. They're since divorced now, but um, it was a very positive environment in my home. And um, I've talked about this before on Instagram, but my dad has always been into weight training from as long as I can remember. He's 70 years old now and is still in the gym like four or five days a week. So I grew up like watching that and my mom dabbled in it too during time. She isn't as like demo devoted and committed as him, but, um, it clearly like impacted me mm -hmm. because to me, everything I'm doing is just normal mm -hmm. to me. And, you know, seeing muscle on people and wanting this lifestyle, it just, it's just a continuation of everything I saw as a kid, mm -hmm. you know, going to child watch in the gym as a child and, um, 
carrying that on now with my own kids. Mm -hmm. So it's never felt like something I shouldn't do. Um, My parents, because of that, were always kind of in shape. Mm -hmm. And so I never, I never knew of them dieting. I don't ever, there was, that was never talked Mm -hmm. about. Um, We all ate the same food every night. Uh, My mom cooked dinner every night and I never experienced having a mom or parents who were, you know, upset with their body Mm -hmm. or going on a diet every new year or whatever. So if that was happening, I didn't know. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I've, I've tried to carry that on now, like, you know, no reason to ever get my kids involved Mm -hmm. on what's going on with me and my goals. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, like I said, I, I think it's, I think it's abnormal. I think a lot of people, a lot of women, unfortunately, I have clients who have big histories of this is all they saw Mm -hmm. growing up and lots of negative self-talk or, uh, family members, uh, talking negatively about Mm -hmm. other people's body and stuff. So it's like, you just, you don't even realize how Mm -hmm. people carry that with them Mm -hmm. for years and they don't ever forget. They don't. It's hard to break that cycle. Um, I, I truly believe that. So that is really awesome. And I am so proud of the way that you handle things with your daughter, especially me being a teenage, uh, mom myself, or I'm not teenage mom, having a teenager myself, um, it's, it is hard. And so that it's, it's especially with girls. Um, I mean, boys too, for sure, but having teenage daughters, they are watching everything you do. Um, even mm-hmm. if they hate you at times, they're still watching you. And so I think that's important. Yes. Um, but uh, you had talked about how you, when you started your Instagram, you kind of started it for friends and, and family. Um, and you didn't really have this goal of growing your Instagram. Uh, so I'm curious when you started your Instagram and what you feel like your biggest aha moment was that made you decide, you know what, I need to maybe change some things that aren't working for me. Uh, what was that moment for you if you had one? Um, well, it's, you know, change things as far as what, like change like, what I was doing. When you with... decided you needed to diet and maybe lose some weight, what was, if did something happen where you're like, you know what, like, I'm not happy with my body anymore. I need to change. Uh, did something like you were like, this is just not working. What was your like biggest moment in that, that you decided, okay, now is the time I need to go ahead and lose some weight. Okay. Right. So, um, I had been, um, you know, I had my kids close together. So they were like, they're 17 months apart. Um, motherhood, young parenting, young toddlers was very hard on me. And I think the stress of all of that added up over years with food, with alcohol, self-soothing and all of that. Um, I had found myself in a place in my mid thirties where I had reached my, um, pregnancy weight, my like nine month pregnancy weight, but I wasn't pregnant. My kids were, you know, they were seven years old. So I had had a appointment with my um, employer where they kind of assess you to determine like your, your eligibility for insurance. And sadly, my weight and my BMI had put me where I looked like I was overweight. And I was overweight. I know a lot of people get upset about 
you know, BMI and that. But it was like, the truth is, yes, I was overweight. And I knew I had been making bad choices for a while. Um, the weight just kept adding up year after year. Um, so when they had told me that, that I was going to have to pay a higher premium to get health insurance now because of my body weight and ultimate choices, that was like a huge wake up call to me. I was like, no, we're not doing that. And now is the time to change. Mm -hmm. So that, that was like, you know, although that, you know, maybe sounds, some people don't, it sounds bad or they shouldn't do that or whatever. I'm actually grateful for the process because it, it started everything for me mm -hmm. and just things kind of snowballed from there, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't initially like dive into it with nutrition. I wanted to be one of those people who was like, you don't need nutrition to change your body. Like you can just go work out. You can lift weights. I knew I had the weightlifting history from my, um, parents, but you know, as time went on, it became very obvious that I was going to have to change my nutrition to really ultimately change my body and meet my goals. I love hearing stories like that because probably when it was all happening with the insurance stuff, like that wasn't a super high point in your life, but now look right. where you've ended up. Like your whole career has changed because of it. Yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. Well, right. It's like, I, like I've said, I've heard people say similar things and they, they kind of are upset by it. But for me, it was like, well, if none of that happened, I could be <laughs> 40 pounds heavier than that. Now it just, it's still moving on thinking everything's fine, no reason to change. So it was a wake up call for me that I am forever grateful for really. And honestly, you don't, not everybody has to have this big grand story of why they decided to lose weight. That's not like you wouldn't go and be like, this is my most inspiring story. But I think that it's, it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. It can be simply mm -hmm. as like, I was unhealthy and I decided I wanted to be healthier. And, and so, and unhealthy right. is very subjective for a lot of people. You could, you were unhealthy and you even admitted that even in your mentality for a lot of things with self-soothing and all of that stuff with food. And so that was still unhealthy for you at that time. And so it doesn't have to always be this grand story. Um, it could just be a small thing that's like, you know what? I'm going to change the path that I'm on right now. Uh, so I'm proud of you exactly. for that. That's, that's really awesome. And Thank I think, you. you know, what you said about it's not like you realize it at the time. It's not like it all piles on at once, especially as a mom. You're busy. You're putting other needs before your own. And it's like this slow process of years and then one day you kind of wake up and realize that your life isn't where it used to be and it kind of is an aha moment but I think that's something that especially people going in the opposite direction trying to lose weight you forget that when you put on weight it's not over the course of four weeks it's usually months years and so you can't expect it to come off that quickly either Yes. Um, I wish more people would understand that. Believe me. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I love that you share a lot is your intuitive eating, because I think, again, as a macro coach, people expect that you track your macros. I'm kind of the same way. I use it intermittently, but I'm not always weighing and logging my food. I would love to hear more about what that process looked like for you, especially since you did have so much personal success with weight loss and macros. What was it like moving to intuitive eating? 
Um, so it, it honestly, like looking back like two, three years, it's not, it's not anything I ever imagined myself doing because I, like many women, um, felt I needed the control of the, of the tracking and that like things really needed to be very rigid to maintain the result. Um, Again, another like unfortunate circumstance, I had a back injury like right when COVID kind of started or early 2020. And um, unfortunately, it caused me to lose a lot of weight due to pain and depression um, in a short amount of time. So as I like recovered from that, I knew that I needed to gain, I wasn't tracking food. Like there was no reason to track food because I was hardly like ingesting any food. So at this point I was eating well below like any of the numbers that I had, you know, calculated for myself prior to then. Um, but you know, seeing myself kind of like, I don't know, shrivel down and, um, be super thin and weak. Um, I knew that I just needed to put back on weight in a big way. So that's kind of how it all began. Um, and I took it a little bit more, you know, where I was like, not only do I want to gain weight, I, I want to like put on a lot of muscle. So I'm going to like purposely turn this into like a surplus intuitive eating as well. Um, and along the way, it's like, I started to realize like, wow, this isn't that bad. Like my body's handling this. Um, I have all sorts of energy in the gym. I'm sleeping amazing. My, I can tell my body's changing again. Um, there was nothing but like positive things about it for me. Like, yes, I was gaining weight, but it was like, it, it all felt like it was supposed to happen. So, um, that's kind of how it all started for me. I did, um, I, I did start tracking again, like after that, when I wanted to go into a cut. And as I did that, I realized that I wanted to get back into intuitive eating as soon as I could. So after I, I did like an eight week cut in the fall of 2021 and um, reverse dieted, got to maintenance with tracking. And then I just, I just let it go again. Um, so I feel, I feel strongly that it's, it's definitely just a tool, like you said, to pick up now and then we know that it works. We know it works very well for certain goals, but, um, for it to be like an ongoing lifestyle, I just don't believe in that. I, I want differently for people than for them to think that, um, it does come with some practice and just kind of like living it out and then seeing with your own eyes that like things don't fall apart when things aren't a hundred percent perfect and rigid every single day. So I just think that comes with experimenting with it mm -hmm. little by little and, you know, starting to let it go with time mm -hmm. and 
trial and error type thing. You also do eat a lot of the same foods too. So it's like, you know what works for your body. You know what you can digest well. You know, like you eat a lot. You don't change it up all the time. And I think that that's important to note too. It's not like you're going out. I mean, when you go out to eat, it's not like you're going to these different places. I notice you have your set places that you pretty much go to every mm-hmm. week. You know what works for you. You know what you like and you stick to it, um, which I think is really cool too. Because I think a lot of people think everything has to be super complicated and it really just doesn't it, it just doesn't have to be that complicated. yeah so. yeah it's like you know it's you're not changing a lot from what you were doing when you were tracking mm-hmm. it's just now you're not actually tracking mm-hmm. um you're kind of eating the same types of food throughout the entire week and just repeating that week after week mm-hmm. um I think people know when you are starting to shift away from what you were doing and it's like now you're adding in ice cream every night or now you're adding in a glass of wine. Like it's changes like that that create Mm -hmm. problems or weight gain or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, when you're just continuing the plan and sure, like we all have splurges here and there, but we know that it's what we do most of the time that matters. Mm -hmm. Those little things one week or you know one holiday that's that's not where the problem Mm -hmm. lies it's when we're like consistently changing the routine changing the habits over time that things Mm -hmm. ultimately change good or bad yeah and I I mean speaking of that I mean it's I know you as like a coach and and everything and especially how you talk to your audience on Instagram you're very much like this is tell it how it is. It's not, I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to tell you how it is. I'm going to tell you that this is what works and this is what probably doesn't. Um, but I'm really curious as far as like your whole, like being a coach and your time being a coach, what would you say would be the biggest thing that you get the most pushback from, from clients, uh, when you are trying to explain things to them? Like if it's reverse dieting, Um, like you can't diet down any more than you already are. Um, If it's consistency, what is it that you feel like people can't wrap their minds around the most? Yes. Um, Thankfully, it seems like a lot of people are understanding reverse dieting and the need for it now. Um, What they do still tend to have trouble with is the fact that they think they're supposed to maintain their lowest weight from their fat loss into their reverse and into maintenance and just the understanding that, you know, fat loss and weight or fat gain and weight gain are not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, just, I'm trying to preach that more as I get new clients too, who are in fat loss along the way that we aren't going to be staying at this lowest cut weight. Mm -hmm. There will be some, water weight, some food content, some glycogen that's going to come with the process as we get back up to maintenance. So don't get attached to these. Don't get attached to these weights. Um, The other thing that I feel like I struggle with a lot is when I have clients who have gone through like a build with me and now they've changed their body. They have more muscle on their frame now. Um, Then they go into a cut and they're expecting to get down to these like old goal weights that they had like in high school or pre-baby or whatever. And it's just like understanding the fact that when we put more muscle on our frame, we are not going to be getting down to scale weights Mm -hmm. that 
we saw when we were younger or, you know, had no muscle on our frame. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's getting past that like idea that like the scale tells us if we've progressed, if we look good or, or whatever, it's, um, just looking more at the big picture Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, I posted about this all day yesterday. It's like, do you want to actually look good or do you want to weigh a certain number? Mm -hmm. You know, like sometimes I wonder with people Mm -hmm. and it's just, it's, it's really Mm -hmm. getting people to understand that and let go of these, Mm -hmm. these metrics that make them feel a certain way. Oh my gosh. I know. And just like if you gain weight, the scale will go up. Just like if you, or if you gain fat, the scale is going to go up. If you're wanting to gain muscle, you have to expect that scale to go up. I mean, it's, I mean, I don't, it's, you gain fat, it goes up. You gain anything, it's going to go up. And so it's, but it's hard because you do get attached to those, to those numbers. And, um, I think, you know, for me speaking from experience, it is hard to kind of not get attached to those lower numbers, um, but mm-hmm. I think it's a huge shift when you do, when you're able to get through to a client and it's like, you can see when things start shifting. And I think that's so rewarding as a coach, when you can start seeing their mindset around the scale changing and you're like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like we're, we're getting somewhere. And I think that's when true progress can start happening, uh, not just physically, but mentally, because it's a lot of mental work you have to get through, um, through that. So yeah, I think that's super Absolutely. rewarding as a coach too. So Yeah. Yeah, it's like that's why you, that's why I cannot stress the the progress pictures enough to people who are uncoached. I think most coaches require that, and um, it's super eye opening for people. Most people are not taking detailed photos of themselves when they're on their like own self journey, so unfortunately they miss a lot of change. You know, they just they they only look at the scale, they see themselves every single day in the mirror. And they don't notice changes. So Mm -hmm. it's, that's one thing I cannot stress enough about, you know, if you're on your own journey at home, uncoached. Totally agree. One of the things that I think people love about you is A, the fact you don't cook and B, the fact that you eat real food and you share that with people. You're not hitting your protein with all these supplements. I know Mary kind of already mentioned you have your staples that you like to eat, but what do you feel like guides your food choices the most? Yeah. So, you know, it's like, to be honest, if I, if I was going off of like my appetite and what I really wanted to eat all the time, it would be completely different than what I choose. So I do have some self-control to what I eat. I, I understand that protein is important, but I also am like one of those people that I don't think you need to be eating like necessarily one gram per pound or 1.2 grams per pound of protein a day. Like I think that's excessive for people. I think having goals that like that can lead to, um, inconsistency and just falling off the wagon in general. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of like supplements like that per se, just because I don't like them. I don't like, um, like sugar-free protein bars. I would rather just eat real meat. Thankfully, I'm, I mean, I'm not vegetarian. I know that obviously changes with some people's dietary preferences. Um, so I am, I'm focused on meeting my protein as you know, again, I'm not tracking anything, but 
you know, I'm smart enough to know what, what types of, what quantities of meat kind of got me there in the past. So I'm just kind of continuing to try and like model that, emulate that every day. Um, and some days I make it and some days I don't, you know, again, it's one of those things where it's like people need to realize like things don't have to be so like black and white, cut and dry for you to succeed. You don't have to meet this perfect protein level every single day of your life to have results. Some days it may be, you may be eating much more and some days it's a little less, but it's all about balance. Yep. I completely agree. Yep. Um, I think at least just knowing, like if, if that's the best, the good thing about macros is it does teach you those tools of how to build your plate around having a protein, a carb and a fat. Um, and knowing that that's kind of a, a way to build, even when you're going out to eat or you're going to a friend's house, you're going to an event, you can be more macro minded versus, Oh, I have to track this. Maybe you're just going to be macro minded around your food choices and not track it. And you should be okay. Um, but, um, so one thing that I want to ask, because I feel like, um, there's a lot of moms that follow you and are, and I'm curious myself, how do you juggle everything? Being a, um, wife, a mom, having your own career, being on social media, do you ever find it hard to balance everything? Do you ever find it hard to be on social media, um, while trying to manage your life outside of that? Absolutely. Um, that's one thing that I definitely don't feel like I have down and I don't have a, a lot of advice to give on it. Unfortunately, um, it's, it's a learning experience for me every single day and trying to have a better balance with home and work life. Um, my husband is an entrepreneur too. So we're just kind of both in the same mindset of you just, you just get things done when you need to get them done. But, um, I think we are trying to get better at putting up boundaries for work and having certain times that we don't work and that things are specifically family time. Um, but yeah, it's like Instagram is, is, a you know, it's, like laundry it's always there it's there's it's never ending as far as like the questions the dms and all of that um i've really i've had to put up some some walls and some boundaries as my account has gotten bigger that you know like my family comes first paying clients come you know after that and people looking for free advice. It's like, sometimes I just, you have to draw the line with some of that stuff. So it's like, I try to be as helpful as possible, but it's like, you know, we all have to protect our mm -hmm. mental health and all of that. And, um, just doing what ultimately is best for us. Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Um, I have, yeah. I feel that to my core. I feel like this year was a pivotal moment for me as far as social media goes. Um, and so I completely, understand that. I feel like it can take a huge toll, um, especially when your, your livelihood is built on social media. And so it's, it's hard to find that balance, but I think you at least up here that you're doing a good job of making sure that you put out great information for people to learn from you. And I think so many people have. And so, um, 
I love that so much about you and you have inspired me for years. Um, but, um, so I have one final question for you before we end. Um, if you could say one thing, um, for somebody who's starting out their fitness journey today and you're like, okay, this is the one thing that you should focus on right now, starting your fitness journey. What do you think it would be? Um, just kind of understanding the fact that, um, you know, if you're not happy with how things are going, how you're feeling, how you're looking, um, it's going to require some change probably in your life and understanding that, you know, change is hard and it takes time, lots of time, just like Kristen had said earlier that most of us don't end up in a bad spot in a matter of weeks. It's, you know, months, years of, of bad choices, unfortunately, and bad habits building up. So just understanding that, you know, give yourself grace and that things are going to take, you know, probably equally amount of time to, to change and reverse some of those things. So it's not that you're doing anything wrong and, um, try not to compare yourself to anybody else or how fast somebody else is moving. We all, we all are designed to change at our own pace. And in my opinion, it's like, once you start the journey is never, it's never over. So there's no reason to be like freaked out about the timeline. Mm -hmm. There shouldn't be any sense of urgency. Um, this is life now. So we're just, you know, making a choice every single day to make it a little bit better than the past. I love that. I love that. I feel like, especially mm -hmm. with all the fad diets and stuff, it's like you see lose 15 pounds in 30 days and it's all the pressure that's put on you. But at the end of the day, nutrition is not something that's going to be over with after those 30 days. Like you have to learn how to turn it into a lifestyle. So you have to get rid of that timeline. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I love the saying, I think, um, Mindy said this in our last podcast, give yourself the gift of time. And I feel like I love that. And I think that that's one thing that every coach is going to, is that we will say to our clients is give yourself that gift of time. Um, and just be patient. None of us have gotten there in weeks. We've all done it, um, through time. So, but, um, I seriously appreciate you, Shannon, for being on our podcast and telling us your story um, and actually getting to see you because a lot of people don't know we're actually on Zoom right now, so I can see your face, which has been so I much know. fun. I love it. Um, and it's like we're hanging out, but I really appreciate you and I just love you so much. But um, stay tuned for our next episode where we are going to be busting some nutrition myths.